Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 223. Hooray! Yay. Yay. We're back. And we got rid of Ke- we got rid of Paul. I nearly <laughs> said Kieran there. Trying to get rid of me. Wait, <laughs> yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. I will outlive you- this podcast. <laughs> So, Paul is not here this week, but joining us is uh, Ben from the podcast. Uh, <laughs> from the I, pod- I mean, he is. Start again. <laughs> Ben's been on the he, podcast a lot. He's from the podcast, but yes, uh, he's uh, from the website. Ben, how are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. How are you uh, all? but thanks for asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not lie. One of those days. One of those years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, for anyone that's just downloaded this and wondered what the hell it is, uh, this is Glitchery Gaming. We are a occasional podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, at one point weekly. Yes, at one point weekly. Maybe uh, one day weekly again. <laughs> <laughs> and we like to talk about games, be it video games, board games, mind games, spy games... Anything with the word game in it, really. More games. More games. The movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a movie podcast. <laughs> I don't remember so, war games. Matthew Broderick was in it. He holds like a phone up to a speaker to hack things. Which I yes. assume is how computers worked back then, but. <laughs> I wasn't alive back in the 80s. Well, you not? No. I was not. <laughs> I think that was the 80s, right? And also the set it was... earlier in that, right? Oh, I don't know. Yes, let's, no, it was set. <laughs> This podcast it is now set. me trying to half remember movies. <laughs> I think I saw it. <laughs> Actually, I would, I'd be up for doing a podcast so that way. We'd try and get... We'd just throw out movie titles and you tell us either what you remember or what you think they are that'd be quite good actually that would be quite good at one point nathan and i threw around the idea of starting a podcast where we just made up the stories for games we hadn't played but did it (laughs) but did it straight face and put them up as spoiler casts and be like this is we're going to spoil this story for this brand new game it's just we're going to talk about in depth and just make shit up oh that'd be awesome (laughs) we ended up we ended up not doing it (laughs) <laughs> but the main reason we didn't do it is because we were joking about what we'd say in our God of War podcast and then we both played God of War and we got it all right and we're like, <laughs> it's like well that wouldn't have been funny then because that would have actually just been spoilers for it <laughs> uh, so uh, should we actually talk about some video games we should yes cool. a lot of them. there is yeah we have got quite a lot on the list let us go. We'll do two things. We'll speak to Ben because he's, uh, I guess, he's not been on for a while. And let's talk about one of the probably more exciting things that he did, which was he bought a Switch. Bastards. Yeah. Super she... Dude, oh, just oh, about to make a new one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely your fault. Um, after. Uh, after the last time I was on and we were speaking about games like uh, Baba is You and uh, like Horizon 2 Turbo. Right. Uh, I mean, it was on the cards for a, a long time. 
I had been eyeing up, eyeing up the Switch. And I traded in uh, my old phone and my iPad, and I traded in a bunch of DVDs at Christmas time. So I had a load of credit for our local game store. So, yep, I went in, picked up a Switch. And I still haven't bought Baba's U, actually. It's still on my list. <laughs> you should to, buy Baba's U. I, but I did, I did pick up Horizon Chase Turbo, and awesome! It's yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, I picked up. I, when I, it's it's actually currently the on PS Plus this month as well. Yeah, for free. We're not uh, along with Detroit. Bullshit. But it was supposed to, it was supposed to be pays. Yeah. And then the last people, minute they changed. People complained or something, or maybe there was some other licensing deal or something, but yeah, they went and took PES 2019, which is a good game, and replaced it with Detroit, which is not. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I well, hate it. I'm genuinely annoyed about that. <laughs> I think a lot of people are, but... I don't know. I'd, I'd rather have a go at Detroit than I would have a go at Pace. I'm kind yeah. of the opposite but... because Detroit isn't great. Like I've right, okay. played bits of it. I've watched the whole thing as well, and it's just not. It's not very well written. <laughs> it's the main thing, which is bad for right. a game that is has basically no gameplay and story. But right. But Pro Evo, like I quite enjoy playing football games, but not enough to the point where I would buy a football game. Yeah. Like it's in yeah, the I mean, middle it's... ground for me, where if it was like super, super cheap, I might pick one up in a generation of consoles. Yeah, even just to have it as as a kind of multiplayer game for if someone comes around and you're like, oh, let's play something. I don't know what. Yeah, exactly. FIFA, PES, whatever. It was always the the middle ground for me and my brother as well when we were playing multiplayer games, because uh, he would always beat me at shooters. Uh, and I would always beat them at racers, but football games was our kind of middle ground of we would actually have a competitive game. It was always right. fighting games for me and my cousin. It was because we were both similar skill levels at like Soul Calibur and stuff. So that was the that was the deciding one. Yeah. yeah, that, about... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to chime in there. Was it with my cousin, my cousin and me? It was uh, fighting games as well. Yeah. And uh, I, many many years later, and you know, we went our separate ways, and we met up, and he's been, you know, we're both married, and he's he's got a son, and he got a hold of me, and he went, "You bastard! What?" He said, "I figured you out. What the? <laughs> what are you on about? What is going on?" And he says, "I finally figured out." what you were doing in the fighting games. As what when now <laughs> so whenever we played fighting games, he would go for you know, for playing Street Fighter, he'd go for Zangief or he'd go for Blanca. Or when we were playing Final Fight, you know, just even the, the side scroller beat em ups, he'd go for Mike Hagar and all these big characters. Yeah. Um and his son, uh, you know, his son got into gaming as well and they would play fighting games and things. And he would always have a go at me because I would pick the, you know, the female characters or the, and uh, I, you know, you're gay and, you know, all that kind of ribbing and stuff like that. 
Yeah. He says, I finally figured it out. He says, because my son done the same and I first I got a bit worried and then I was watching what he was doing. I finally figured out that the, the female characters are faster. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so where have you been for 30 years? It's generally the archetype of... <laughs> it's a weird archetype, though. I would. I wonder how many fighting games have like a big, slow female character because that'd be a, a good twist on that formula. Well, wasn't Ivy in the Soul Calibur? She's slightly, cause she's taller. Yeah, she's I bigger. guess she's not. She's not as fast. She's more got range because she's got the whip thing. Yeah, yeah, and she does do a bit more damage as well. Yeah, man, Soul Calibur's good. But uh, now that we've completely taken over Ben's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ben. Tell us about the switch. Complete tangent. How good the switch? It's fine. Uh, the Switch is great. Um, it's actually been it's been that long since I was on and picked up the Switch that I've even put up a review now of uh, a, a Venom case that we got for it as well. Oh yeah, uh, which is on the website, so you should go and check that out. It was pretty pretty cool um, hard case because that was one thing I was worried about with the the kids playing it all the time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, was having something to keep it safe. Uh, and the case was the case was pretty good. It came with like um, the kind of reinforced glass to put on the top of it as well. Uh, cool. A hard hard case that goes around the hand the controllers, but you can still easily get them out mm-hmm. with it still yeah. in the case. And it's got a hard plastic uh, casing on the back of it for putting games into as well. Um, and that's also on a hinge, so you can just un unhook that and lift it up and still get the switch in the dock still in the case as well so that's pretty cool Cool. it's it's pretty neat and it's made me a bit more comfortable about chucking it in my bag and taking it off with us when we've been going to one of the kids classes or whatever at the weekend so yeah i picked up uh overcooked 2 and mario kart when i got it and then we recently picked up Mario Party. Cool. Um, I've also been playing a game I think you already played on PC, Kieran, uh, Valhalla, but it's like VA11. Oh, yeah, VA11. It's like a visual novel thing where you're running a bar. Yeah. Yes. And that's a... Essentially, I've not really played many visual novel games. And I, I feel like I don't really have any control over what's going on. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very much um, uh, the story happens and occasionally you mix drinks. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly how I describe it. Yeah. Um, there is some small mechanic in there where in, when you go home for the day, she kind of thinks about something that she might want to buy. And if you don't buy it, then she gets distracted at work the next day. So when it comes to mix a drink, you're like, uh, what did they order again? Yeah, there's well, some mechanics well, apart from like that. missing parts of the story sometimes, basically. Like, depending yeah. on if you get drinks right and stuff like that, it will change what people say to you. Yeah, and what you put on the jukebox as well. Yes. That's my favorite part of that game, actually, is just being able to put different music on the jukebox. Yeah. <laughs> and different camouflage for your apartment. Yeah. It's a silly game, but it's good. Yeah. No, the, the soundtrack the soundtrack is probably one of the highlights of, of that game. Definitely. 
definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's. I, I've been having a shot of Tetris ninety nine as well. Of course, terrible, terrible. <laughs> very good. I, uh, what, what's your best uh, result? I th- well, I think I got up to like thirty four or something. All right. Okay. That, that was that was about my best effort. But then that's kind of par for the course in PUBG as well. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Hide in the bathroom. <laughs> so yeah, I um, I don't know if we spoke about it, but they they did this event for Tetris ninety nine where you could unlock the the Game Boy skin. Did you guys yeah. take part? I know Kieran oh, did. I didn't see that. No, I did. I don't uh, remember if we talked about it. Yeah, I don't think we did. I'm not too sure, but it was it was really good. I. Actually, we may have. Yeah, I I did really well. Um, in and then saying that, I think we did speak about it, but I think my best performance there was uh, third. Nice. I think we. Yeah, uh, Kieran has won one game, two games. I can't remember. Yeah, one game. Won. I won one. one near the start, like back when it first came out, because there's a lot of people playing. Definitely harder now, because oh god, yeah. There's still a lot of people playing. Don't get me wrong. Like it's not. But, it, you get into matches pretty quickly, but a yeah. lot of those people have been playing for a while now. Yeah, and I think that's the same with any of these kind of uh, battle royale games. Is definitely after the first few weeks, the people that are still playing are actually good at it. I mean, it's really any multiplayer game. They're doing another yeah. uh, one of those events soon, uh, where you can get a Splatoon two theme for it. All right. So- right. I like I like that there was so the first two events that they did was where you earned money or sorry you earned points uh, once you got 100 points you got a ticket into a draw to mm-hmm. earn Nintendo you know money credits yeah. um and that felt no I just felt that you know you were doing all of this and then you got a ticket to go into this lottery Whereas yeah. you take part and you can unlock a skin. I, think I quite like top, that. I think the top people like got guaranteed stuff in that one. Um, right, okay. But, but yeah, it was only like the first, the top couple and then everyone else got entered into a lottery. So it was like, unless you know that you're the best at Tetris in the world, yeah. then yeah. at best you're really aiming for a lottery. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I definitely prefer these ones that are just like, play it a bunch. Like it, doesn't yes, matter how, yeah. it doesn't matter how well you do, really, because you're going to get some points. Yes, yeah. The better you do, the less you have to play, but it's a fun game, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I I've been playing, I have been playing a PUBG a couple of times the past few days, and they've introduced <clears throat> like experience levels for your guns and stuff now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you get an after action report, uh, which tells you you earned no experience for this gun because you died. That's... Very quickly, because that, that's what I do. And it's just like, <laughs> well, well, what's the point? I picked up yeah. the gun, I tried to shoot at someone, they killed me. That seems like bad design. You need to give yeah. players something. Yeah. yeah. So, have you played anything? I take it you've now joined the Nintendo Online thing, Ben, or did you just get a you... trial? Yeah, No, no, I got the Twitch... Prime oh, yeah, got deal, but, so I got uh, a year of a yes. year of Nintendo for nada. Ah, uh, right, yeah. So that was good. 
yeah, so yeah, that's that's how I picked up Tetris 99. All right, cool. And so, have you played any of the NES games? I've not yet. Actually. All right, um, you should check them out. I was taking a look through the catalog because I was remembering about uh, Kieran talking about the the hockey one specifically. Yeah, yeah. Xbox is weirdly fun. Yeah, but you really so need I, to yeah, I have been well exactly. Yeah. Um, so that I mean that's why we've kind of picked up the Mario Kart and the Mario Party because if I'm playing it multiplayer, I'm playing it with my kids. So yeah, of course. Uh, I did. We Ingrid and I did try playing Overcooked Two. Which just resulted in a, a lot of shouting. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. Number. But it's all right. We 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 figured out to put it into like the just like the casual mode, where there's no uh, no timer or requirements or anything. You can just chill and play it. So that's cool. I don't know. How okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could when you're in the story mode, you just press a button and you can flip it into. I have somehow a, never noticed mode that. or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's quite good at playing with the kids. So there's no no countdown, no pressure or anything. So that game's so good. They had the ability to throw food. Yeah. Or throw anything really. <laughs> yeah. Which is no, no. You can't throw plates. Which was uh, really, really yeah. disappointing because I wanted to throw the plates in the sink. You can just pick up like ah, I've chopped these tomatoes. Go throw them to your catch, and it's like what? No. What <laughs> So when we're talking about Nintendo Online and stuff like that, has anyone used any of those those vouchers yet? The the eighty four pound and you get two games vouchers yet? Yes. No, I did. I did see them, but I've not used it. I used them for the exact same things as you have used them for, Mike. Right. So you uh, you have a pre ordered multi uh, multiple. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and Fire Emblem. Yes. Three, yeah. So I had originally that... <laughs> pre-ordered Fire Emblem on the game collection because it was £37, I think it was. Right, okay. But then also Marvel Ultimate Alliance was 40 And between the two of those and the discount that I could get on the digital vouchers, because I, I didn't realise that I mentioned this to you in the chat, but I didn't realize that you can use the gold coins that you get for buying things on the eShop as yes. discounts towards those vouchers. And I had just bought yeah. Mario Maker, the fancy expensive edition that came with a year of Nintendo Online and uh, Stylus. So I had a uh... bunch of gold coins, got a bunch of money off of the, uh, the vouchers, and it basically came to the same price as if I got them physically. Oh, nice. I, would, I would rather have them digitally so I was like well I'll just I'll do that then That's, yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah and then oh, I got cool. as a result of doing that I got more coins back from those purchases well <laughs> so yeah I had the, the, the weirdest thing kind of the weird thing happening that way as well so I had about five pound in the the, the coins the loyalty coins sitting yeah. there and I thought I'll leave them there and Every month, what I do is I, I set aside £50 every month. And I say, right, that's for a game, whether I'm getting, you know, I'm waiting for something to come out or not. And last month, there wasn't really anything coming out. Uh, so I didn't really buy anything. And I thought, right, I'll put the two, you know, the £100 in and I'll buy this voucher. Mm -hmm. So put £80, 80 pound in 
uh, sorry, £100 in, bought the voucher, and I then obviously had the change left over. Uh, so I'm now sitting in a situation where I spent £100. I then got the two vouchers, redeemed the two vouchers, and I have no current games, nothing new that I can play, but I have two games preloaded on my system. <laughs> I have £10 sitting in gold coins, and I've got about £25 in credit sitting. <laughs> so I've got like 30 you know, 35 quid sitting there. Uh, so I can buy pretty much anything I want from the store. And uh, two games preloaded. It's weird. I sat and I thought, I've spent 100 quid and I, I physically have nothing to show for it nothing yet. For it, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a weird thing. But uh, yeah, I'm, there's not much out in the store at the moment as well. That I, I really want. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a good qualifier for that because there's a lot of stuff. Yes. Yeah. So, how are you? Have you had a good browse through all the games? It's ben? pretty difficult to browse through it because there is so much stuff. Yeah. Um, but I've been through it and I've kind of set out my wish list <clears> of of things that I want to pick up at some point, such as Baba as you. Uh -huh. um, some of the Kairosoft games and oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've set them on my wish list, and I'm just going to keep a keep an eye out for sales. Uh, this I've got a lot of new games on other platforms right now, so quite happy to yeah just yeah. bide my time and pick things up when I mm -hmm. when I fancy them. But yeah, we we did pick up obviously Mario Party just the other day, so that was kind of the purchase for this month. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm finding quite. Uh, you know, the the sales are quite good. Yeah, definitely, and they're quite frequent as well. There's always a bunch of stuff on sale, and usually there's something decent. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. quite a lot of the time I already own it because I'm impatient and I just buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, talking of the sales, the, the Steam summer sales on right now. Have you picked anything up in that? I haven't bought anything from Steam in literal years. I am the exact same, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just um, partly just because their store is just fucking terrible. Like, it's so hard to find anything on it. Yeah. Especially I, yeah. since. Especially since more recently, like the last couple of years when they got rid of, you know, Steam Greenlight and any sense of quality control and they were just like, fuck it, everything go on the store. And it's like, yeah, but now I can't find anything. Yeah. Now it's yeah, buried yeah. under a layer of porn and it's like, well, you can turn off the porn games. It's like, why would I do that? Don't be silly, Steam. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to buy them. I just want to know that they're there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's. I mean, talking about spending money on things that I don't use and don't. I upgraded my Xbox Live to the Xbox Live Super Duper Ultimate, whatever they're calling it, yeah. which gives oh, you yeah. access to, you know, the game the pass. Xbox Live, the Game Pass on on PC, and it gives you Game Pass on the the Xbox. Mm -hmm. And I've had it now for since E3, because uh, I picked it up then. <laughs> and do you know that I haven't played 
one of the games I now have access to. I've got this library of games. Yeah. I. It's the. Yeah, I'm basically saying I picked up when they announced the PC Game Pass at E3. I picked it up straight away because I was like, uh-huh. great. I've been waiting for this because I've had Game Pass for a while, on and off, but it's really just been for Forza because I've my collective amount that I've spent on Game Pass, like the Xbox One, has when it's still been less than it would have cost for me to buy Forza and Sea of Thieves, which are the two things I've played on it, and a better Crackdown Three. Uh, and I'm really glad I didn't spend money on Crackdown 3, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but the PC version of it has so many more games. I was like, yes, subscribe. I installed a ton of stuff and I played a couple hours of Void Bastards, which is quite good. Right. A little bit of that space game. Ever Quest? No. No. Um, it's like a cart- it's kind of No Man's Sky, but you're building bases. Uh, uh, space engineers, no, 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 that's not Astroneer. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Um, yeah. I played about that. I quite like that. Um, but not enough of any of it to really talk about in the podcast. It's just like, yeah, I, I played a bit of them. I tried them out. <laughs> I booted them up. <laughs> installed a bunch of stuff. I yeah. reinstalled Forza Horizon Four, and then paid additional money so I could play the Lego stuff. <laughs> yes. I bought DLC for a game I don't own so I could play Which, the Lego stuff. Yeah, I believe that. Was that one of the promises you'd made to yourself you would never do? Yeah. But PC Game Pass is quite cheap and that Lego DLC is quite good. So, <laughs> But it does mean though that if you cancel the pass, you can't play the DLC that you bought. I know. It's, dumb. It's, it's, yeah. it's a strange loophole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Time. But I've been doing the same as you, Karen. I've been going through the Game Pass and I was like, oh, I wanted to play that and so I'd make a mental note of it and things. So one of the examples is uh, For the King, right? So I now know I have it on Xbox mm-hmm. and I can install it and play it whenever I fancy. But today I was on the Switch and I went on to the sales and it's like oh for the for the king is on sale for 20 percent off it's still over a tenner but lizard brain here is going buy it buy it buy it <laughs> well, horribly. yeah exactly you know for that's the one time for me as well yeah and the reality of it is that you will buy it and yes you will play it portably but it will be for once <laughs> yeah. you know it'll be it, it will be that once and then the, the rest of the time, time, you'll go, I'd like to play it on the couch. <laughs> so I could have just, you know, played it on the, the Xbox. But it's true. Yeah. It's true. If only the Xbox was portable. <laughs> yeah, the well. Solution. Make everything portable. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've been off on a, a bit of a tangent there <laughs> again. Um, true. We, we were talking about Switch, so Kieran, uh, tell me about Mario Maker 2. Oh, let me tell you about Mario Maker 2. Did either of you guys play Mario Maker 1? No, no. but I, w- I watched you play Mario Maker 1. Well, Mario Maker 2 is like Mario Maker 1, but with more stuff, and it's on the Switch. It's like the <laughs> Splatoon 2 of Mario Maker. It is 
every Nintendo <laughs> sequel this generation of Mario Maker. Um, and that it's really great, but it is kind of just more of the same. Uh-huh. But I love that first one so much that that's fine. Um, for people who don't know, Mario Maker is a game that builds in a very robust and like very well-designed uh, level editor for Mario. And you can make levels in several different themes that you can switch between. So if you want to make a Super Mario Brothers level, you can do that. If you want to make a Super Mario Bros. 3 level, you can do that. Mario World, New Super Mario Brothers, And then the new one they added for this game is Mario 3D World. Mm-hmm. Which breaks it a little bit, but it's still really good. So the way it usually works is that you can build these levels out. And they have some slight differences, but you know they'll play like the respective games games that they are so one obviously plays differently than three and three plays different than you super mario Bros. but you can at the flip a switch hit a button and change it between those different styles and it'll redo your whole level for you you don't have to do anything with the exception of mario 3d world which doesn't have the consistency of all the others so they can do that for the others because for example every level has you know, question mark blocks, it has ground blocks, it has Goombas, it has Koopas, and it just switches the style for them because they all have the same set of things that you can put into your levels. The 3D world is right. just completely different and just has just a bunch of stuff that is not in the other ones and is also missing some of the stuff that the other ones have. So when you try to switch, it tells you, hey, we're going to have to delete your whole level and you have to start from scratch, which is fine but it's a weird way of handling it but it does open up the idea that they could add weirder mario game styles to it for example super mario brothers 2 which is like a very clear omission from this game more so than it was in the last one where it's like hey why can we make mario brothers mario Bros. 3 and mario brothers or mario world levels but no two um but yeah so you can make this this these like big elaborate levels a lot of the changes they've made are relatively small um like they've added like a ton of extra content so there's like more individual things you can put into levels which a lot of them are really cool and it's not really worth going into them like one by one here because no one cares uh but the main things they make they make changes that are really small but are really good in terms of like the quality of the levels you can make as a result and it's a lot of little things like in the original mario maker you like the camera would scroll no matter what like you have like a big grid from left to right on the left is the start on the right is the end of the level and you can make pipes and doors and stuff that teleport you around that area and in the first one the camera always scrolled with you and always basically you know, kept Mario centered and stuff like that the way that Mario games do. But the way Mario games also work is that in certain areas, you'll hit a wall and you know, the camera will stop moving. But because you always had this big empty space, the camera would always move with you and you could basically just, you had to, everyone's levels had like big chunky walls that were like five blocks long because that's the only way you could stop people seeing into the next section of the level. And they fix that now. Like, if you have a wall, it knows automatically, stop the camera. And it's, like, a nice little change that just makes the levels feel more like actual Mario levels. Um, 
Like, it's a very weird, like, specific thing, but it just makes it feel better to play the levels. Uh, whereas the actual editor is basically the same as it was in the first one. Um, it's got, like, all this touchscreen stuff when you're playing it portably. In fact, you can only use the touchscreen when you're playing it portably, which is a little strange. Um, for the editor, that is, obviously, when you're playing the levels, it's, you know, playing Mario. Um... But they've like redone it all so you can actually use you know, the Joy-Cons to make levels when it's connected to the TV when it's docked. Whereas on the Wii U, you always had the tablet there so you, they just all only had touchscreen controls. Um, mine came with a stylus, which I feel like I've used my finger to do some of the level making, but... I highly recommend anyone that gets that game gets a stylus for their Switch, which is a weird thing right, to suggest. Right, okay. I think you just need that precision for it. Like, the, the screen is not big enough to use as, like, a, you know, a proper tablet. Um, which is weird, because it's not that much smaller than the Wii U tablet, but there's something about it that just feels less precise. Um, but, yeah. The, one of the big things they've added to this, though, is that they've added a story mode. So there is actually, if you just want to if you're not interested in making Mario levels, there's a story mode that has a lot of levels in it. Uh, like, I've not finished it yet. And then, obviously, you can connect online and play the endless mode, which is broken into different difficulty categories. And that just pulls in other people's levels. All right. Just, so you just go through and just be like, hey, give me levels. And it'll just pull in random people's levels and you'll just play through them and some of them are really good, some of them aren't. You can give them a, a rating of a, a yeah or a boo at the end of it. And, you know, that'll, you know, presumably feed into their ranking system to be like, this level is good, feed it to more people, or this level is bad, feed it to less people. Uh, which seems to be working better in the first game, at least, because when I've been playing the endless mode so far, I've not really encountered a lot of levels I would consider bad. Which the first game definitely had a lot of. There was definitely a lot of issues where you could just go into the the endless mode and you just end up being like, okay, well, I, this is garbage. I'm play I loaded up a level and it's just enemies everywhere. Great, that's not really a level. So they've made a lot of you know fixes to that kind of stuff. Um, it they also have like this really good tutorial mode called Yamamoto's Dojo which has a bunch of lessons on level creation from all right level creators at nintendo and it go it's really good like it goes into detail like not just about you know how to make a level like the actual mechanics of you know here's how you drag and drop things here's how you access this stuff and whatever but like why like what how to design a level not just how to like use the tools it very much goes into like here's why you would put this here here's why you would put a checkpoint this far into your level before this and after this um it's good it's like surprisingly in depth and like weirdly educational as someone who already did a games course at uni <laughs> like it's an <laughs> educational thing about game design um, all right so i highly recommend it i am enjoying it a lot I've been playing it a bunch. I've been recording me playing it a bunch. People can go see that on our YouTube channel. 
youtube.com slash user slash glitch free game at the time this podcast goes up there should be five videos of mario maker 2 cool. presuming i don't You've have time to it now. i mean there's there there's three up just now and there's two on the schedule like there are two already up they are uploaded and waiting to go for once i can actually guarantee there will be at least five <laughs> of them there it's whether there'll be more or not i don't know if i have time at the weekend i might make another and I've just been pulling levels from uh, a gaming forum over uh, Vice because, because one, it's a forum I use a bunch, so I know the community there a little bit, and so, you know, whatever. And also, too, it's a lot smaller. This I don't... It sounds mean when you say this about, like, communities. It's not that big a forum. <laughs> like, it's not the most popular <laughs> internet gaming forum in the world. Right. So it doesn't update as frequently. I'm still way behind on, like, I wanted to try and keep up with the forum, but I'm like 16 levels, probably more than that, probably close to 20 levels behind the thread now. But it updates a lot slower than, for example, the reset <clears throat> era ones. So it's a lot easier for me to be like, I'm getting close to the end of this thread. So I, I have, you know, I can keep up to some degree with the levels that are getting put up, whereas reset era is like on page 90 of their thread or something like that. So I, I will never be able to set a goal of i'm going to play all these levels because there's literally thousands yeah. of them right um so i've been playing through a lot of levels from there and they're good that's the thing is i don't think i've played a single level from that forum that i've been like this is garbage like what's this <laughs> what you made you just threw things in here like there's been some that have been too difficult for me to finish uh-huh. and there's been a couple that didn't work properly that like in particular there was a couple i played that had these very elaborate setups where you were trying to guide uh bob bombs which for anyone doesn't know one how do you not know it's mario um are little bomb dudes with eyes and legs and they walk about and you jump on them and it ignites them and then you have a little bit of time where you can throw them before they explode and a couple of people built levels around moving bob bombs around to destroy blocks to get through a level and they worked except for or they worked for the most part and then i hit a little bug in one of them that was very much like if you don't get this right the first time it just doesn't work and so i just couldn't finish that level and it's like it's a shame because it's a really well designed really cool thing the mechanic just doesn't work 100 percent of the time so uh-huh. can't do it um but other than that all the levels i've played have been really good uh those are all on our YouTube channel. I've got the codes on the in the description for those videos if you want to go play them. Cool. But, Excellent. Yeah, I really recommend it. I really love the first Mario Maker. This one is, you know, again, more of the same but better. So it's hard not to like it. Yeah, I recommend it. Cool. Damn good awesome. game. I'm going to play a lot of it. Um, speaking of more of the same... Uh huh. Mike, tell me about Marvel Ultimate Alliance one and two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so many, many moons ago, uh, Kieran and Nathan and myself <laughs> decided when they brought out on the PS4, uh, Zoe Mode had uh, redid Ultimate Alliance one and two, and we were all going to buy the bundle for 
Marvel Ultimate Alliance that had one and two in the one for one price, and we were going to play through them. And we did. Once. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it kind of sat there, and I was going through the PS4 a couple of weeks ago, and I've been playing Days Gone, and I went across, came across Marvel Ultimate Alliance, went, hey, that's still there, and three's coming out soon. So I'll go back, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the first one, was one of my favorite games on the Xbox 360. It came out towards the end of the console cycle, and it was one of those that I was, I remember where I was when, of course I remember where I was when I bought it, but I remember the whole thing. I went after work, popped into the the store I used to go to pick up my games went in and they had two copies of it sitting there um, on release day. And I like Marvel and picked up and it looked a little bit like the X-Men Legends games. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, sort of dungeon. Different. Yeah, the, the, the dungeon crawl thing. And they snapped the second one so someone else couldn't get it and you laughed evilly and ran away. That's it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, took it home played it and thought it was absolutely amazing and so played through it again now and it hasn't lost anything in my opinion anyway uh mm-hmm. it's still a decent story it does the, the cut scenes and things look a little bit dated uh level design the game is a lot easier now i played through it it's play through the whole thing i didn't really have to replay levels much at all i died because i did something stupid and fell off the end of a level at one point uh wasn't watching what i was doing uh whole playthrough without doing the you know so you can pick up the simulator uh, discs and play those missions and there's a lot more replayability i didn't do any of that and i still got about 14 hours out of it it's not bad. Uh, I hope it's yeah, not, that long. Yeah. So, still, I still enjoyed it. Enjoyed collecting all the characters uh, and just the interactions. So, if the game has kind of got a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of secrets, and if you know how to access them, and that was the, the one thing about when the game first came out, which I thought was really cool, was if you are facing Doctor Doom for example if you have one of the Fantastic Four in your team and you're you're playing as them when you speak to Doctor Doom, the interactions is going to be different than when I don't know, you use Daredevil mm-hmm. you know, to, so, you know, use a character that's never really interacted by that villain it, it draws from the history of the characters you know, and they interact and they, they hate each other or they like each other depending on who the two characters are and what the interaction is. And that that was really cool to kind of discover again. And, um, you know, I think we spoke, uh, be, I got back into reading comics again as well. And it's, so it's kind of, and I'm reading things that I hadn't read before or characters I hadn't read. So I'm picking up on little things and I'm playing through the game with them and going and doing things. Really cool. So I finished one on Saturday and I popped two in and it's it's good. It's different. So it handles a little more different. The 
it had updated when this one came out. So the first one was relying on set save points. You know, there was save points and it was the big shield logo scattered throughout the game. You used to go on top of them, push a button, and then you could switch out your characters and save the game and do things like that. With the second one, you're able to save anywhere within the world. You just, you know, hit pause and save. Yeah, uh, and you it's a lot easier to switch out the characters, pick any of the characters that you want. Um, there's still characters that need to be unlocked and there's characters that are locked until you find them in stories, things like that. Uh, still a whole load of collectibles within yeah. comic covers. And as if I remember, I, a good number of the characters are like blocked off from you depending on the choice you make. Yes. For a while, at least. Eventually, they'll come together because it's based on the Civil War storyline. That's right, yeah. A lot of the game is like, hey, are you Iron Man or Captain America? And which team? Yes, so that, that was really cool as well. It, it handles that very well. The story is a lot different. So if you know the Civil War, yeah. it is different. Uh, th- there's a lot of things that hit the same beats, but they they obviously needed to change it to make the game a bit more coherent yeah. and, and you know move through and things like that. Different characters this time, so they use characters that some of the characters have been brought brought on from the first game there's new characters in this one as well so some of my favorites that are in there you've got uh gambit always one of my my favorite characters there's uh luke cage is back you've got Iceman. there's power man deadpool's back um a psylocke comes in from the mm. the x-men um, she's in the first game, but you don't. She's not a playable character. Um, so there's a whole load of different characters. Uh, Cable is in this one as well, and some of the they go back. Uh, they change some of the designs of the characters as well. So for Storm in Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two, they use more closer to kind of the the ninety two comic, the, the the cartoon series. That yeah. kind of the way. Storm looked then. They've gone back to that kind of aesthetic. They were using one of the, the Age of Apocalypse ones for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1. So that's changed. And yeah, uh, there's also if you pick up the games on PS4, you get all the DLC for them as well. So the the characters, the villains, you've got Carnage, I think Doctor Doom's in there, uh, Juggernaut, did they ever and add Venom? Venom was in the first one. Venom was so, also DLC for two. No, you're right. He was, he was yeah. DLC for one of them, though. He and was DLC those, for the those first versions, one. Yeah, and when those versions came out, originally it didn't have a minute. And I remember people being kind of annoyed by it. But, oh, really? But I don't know if they... I think no, they he's... said they were going to patch it in. Oh, yeah, they must have patched it then. Yeah. Um, I think it was yeah, Venom, because I... there was definitely at least one DLC character that people were like, "Why is he not here?" Oh, I think okay. It, I think at the time it was like platform exclusive DLC or something, because they did that oh. with a couple of characters in the that Ven- first yes. game. That's right, because Venom was Venom was PS3, I think he was or something. No, oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, because he was black or you know black and had the Spider-Man writing. 
It was something yeah, stupid it's the Spider-Man, like that. Yeah, Sony has the Spider-Man font, so... Yeah. I, they have a Spider-Man it, license, it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was something as, as daft as that. Did you get Tom um, Hardy's was... voice? Him in the new one. <laughs> so, uh, I, I am. I'm looking forward to 3. Same. Like, honestly, the main reason that I've not went back and played more of those games, like, co-op with you guys, after spending the money on both of them, it's simply just because I forgot how the camera works on them. Oh, really? Like, do you remember how bad that camera is when you're playing at co-op? Because yes. everyone has control over the camera and you have a shared camera. And yes. it's awful. <laughs> That's it's the worst. It, um, it's in actually, three, it's not. It's, it's actually not bad. Uh, we, we need to kind of sort of <laughs> flesh that one out. The camera is, it is a shared camera and it can be fiddly if you're all trying to use it at the same time. But I think or everyone it... instinctually tries to use it at the same time, though. Yeah, but then you kind of get used to it, and that's true. But yeah, then the, the, there's somebody that thinks it's funny to make it spin. That's true. So really, it's constantly. Nathan's fault. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's all Nathan's fault. So. Not naming names. It's all Nathan's fault. Um, no, yeah. Ultimate Cause... Alliance for me, for me is Three one of those. <laughs> no, which is a good thing. But yeah. you know how Diablo, Diablo Three is one of your go-to games when you want kind of that dungeon crawl, that sort of Definitely, experience. Yeah. Ultimate Alliance is uh, mine. So, but yeah, you should go back and play them again because they are a lot of fun. I look forward to Three. It also helps that Three has a lot of characters, like the more modern ones that I like. They obviously weren't in those first two. Yes. So... Yeah. You know, like Captain Marvel, um, who I guess technically was in it because she was Miss Marvel at the time. Um, yes. But Captain Marvel and the new Miss Marvel. Yes. Squirrel Girl's in it. I don't know if I was going to say, I, I'm not too sure if Squirrel Girl I is. So. I think Miles, the uh, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider Gwen's in it as well. There's there's like yes. a dozen Spider Men in that, in that entire. Game. If Spider Ham is not in it, be it DLC or anything, I, I don't think I'm going to be too happy. They can probably charge extra for Spider Ham. I think. I think they know they can. Yeah. Get Although they've already said that the DLC is, so probably not. Because the DLCs, uh, was it Fantastic Four? And I didn't actually. Or was see it X Men? I think it was well, Fantastic they, Four. Because they, they announced what the packs were. They didn't say specifically what's in them. They just said the names of them. Uh, Marvel Knights. X-Men and... I don't know who Marvel Knights is. I don't know enough about Marvel to know who's in that. Marvel Knights was a series from, I want to say late 90s, early 2000s. Mark Miller did a lot of writing for that. Uh, Spider-Man. The Marvel Knights Spider-Man was one of the biggest series in that. Hmm. If that helps. So you could no, have... Really, I think um... Spider-Man's going to be in it. <laughs> Yeah, Although it would be really have... funny if regular ass like Peter Parker Spider Man was like DLC. <laughs> it's like screw everyone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so looking forward to that. And yeah, uh, yeah. that game so you should... looks great. Yeah. So Ben, for anyone that has followed the website and the the podcast now for a while they know you have a serious problem with these kind of simulator games i do i very much do 
Um, they, pretty much it, they can bring out anything. And if it's got simulator in, Ben is firing an email off to the, the publisher. It's like, can we Absolutely. cover it for the website? Has there been any that you've actually, you've got and you've went, no, I, I need to give this to somebody else? Um, or is there any that you've not actually sent off to, to get a copy of? I I gave uh, I gave someone else Flight Simulator because I knew they would like it better than right. Would. Um, or they just had more interest in it than than I would. Um, but apart from that, no, I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads nicely into Car Mechanic Simulator. Indeed, um, this is a game that I actually owned on Steam. Yes, because this game is uh, quite old. Well, they've been doing them for a while. It's not that it's it's not that this game is old. Oh, okay. uh, so the I think the original one. Let me just bring up my my Steam library because uh, I did download it and check it out to see it, you know how how far it had come. The two thousand fourteen was like their first one that they released. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm thinking on Steam. And yeah, I like I had I put on my PC the other day just to check it out and see what the difference was. They've they've come quite quite far with it. So there was a there was a car mechanic simulator twenty eighteen that came out uh, on Steam last year. Uh, but the version that I've been playing is the PS4 one that's just been released. Uh, which is just pretty much a straight up console port of twenty eighteen. And okay. um, that you're right, Mike. I do have a problem. <laughs> I get incredibly sucked into these games. Don't admit it's right. It'll go straight to his head. I I sat and I I did what probably no car mechanic has ever done and repaired thirty five cars in one day. <laughs> but then it's... did you leave them for a couple of days so you could build it a bit more? <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm so, saying car mechanics do that. Yeah. So no, it's, not, I've never owned a car. Part, I don't know. <laughs> it's part of the game learning to do that thing where you start, you know you look at the car, you open up the bonnet, and you go, ooh. I I picked up that very quickly in the game. <laughs> uh, basically, if someone came to me with a gearbox issue, I was like, oh yes, money. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, fixing gearboxes is by far the fastest way to make money in that game. Right. Um, so it's got it's got a wee uh, it, everything for the UI is handled with a radial radial UI, which works really well. Um, but there's a phone, so you pick up the phone and and the, you'll get a list of jobs that you can accept. Uh, to start off with, you can only accept like two at a time because you've got a small garage. Uh, and you can put one car on the lifter and then have another one parked at the door. Um, and when you when you're you can go around the car and just visually inspect it, and you'll see bits of rust on the car that will signify what needs to be repaired or replaced. Or sometimes they'll just straight up tell you, look, it needs all the filters changed because it's a service or whatever. Uh, and then you can start interacting with the parts of the car, and it's it's really simple to actually play. You just push a button to interact with a part, hold down X to take take that bit off. And then you got to work your way through 
the bits of the car to get to the actual part you want. It does a very good job in the normal mode of highlighting the different parts of the car. So if you try to take off um, one of the cogs for the fan belt, but you haven't taken off the fan belt first, that will show up in red. So you need to, you know, you need to go and take that off first. And um, the the game has a hard mode, which kind of gets rid of that. So you have to kind of know what you're doing at that point mm-hmm. to work out exactly what you need to get to and uh, stuff like that. It, very, it, it quickly ramps up when you start to unlock it. Got a, a, a kind of tech tree to it where you get experience for... You get one experience for taking off a part and another experience for putting it back on. And then you get like 100 experience for completing a contract. And every every so many experience levels, you get a point to unlock something for your garage, which can include this increasing the size of it, but also extra tools or just being faster at doing things uh, or getting discounts at the shop or whatever. Uh, so you can quickly ramp it up to full three car lifts, uh, test bay, dyno bay, uh, paint room, and just all these extra, uh, like a repair bench for the workshop as well. Uh, so it, like, it gets quite big. So the only issue I have is kind of what you guys said too, is like spending extra time waiting to complete deliveries or whatever. There's no time constraints whatsoever in the game. So there's also no point in taking more than one contract at a time because you can't physically work on more than one car at a time. Yeah. And you don't have to wait for parts that you've ordered to fix one car. So you'll go and do another one while you're waiting. So it kind of becomes a bit superfluous to have these three bays for, for cars and have like six cars sitting in the shop. Yeah, it makes sense if you have to like wait for things to get delivered or something. Yeah. Because then you can just never also... part out the other cars. Oh yeah. I mean, I did mecha- that. Mechanics never do that. I did that. I, I I took two cars that were exactly the same and I was like, um, so that to, to get to that story, there's also a, a junkyard in the game where you can go and scavenge for parts or wrecked cars. And it also has, it also nicks a couple of things from Forza. There are loot boxes oh that you get for completing, boxes. sometimes uh, you get them surprise mechanics. You would like to let you know they're called? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, this, this is a mechanic that has been surprised. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the loot crates have got basically kind of souped up versions of some of the parts in them. Uh, but there are also barn finds uh, and uh, unlike in Forza, where you just turn up and get a car that's that needs to be fixed, you go there and you have to like rummage around in pretty poorly lit environment for parts again that can be hidden in junk and also wrecked cars. But you have to buy them; you don't just get them. I feel you like this game pay, you still is. Have to pay for them. I feel like this game is buying. Uh... Like the only mechanic it's missing is buying uh, the storage units that haven't been paid for, and at that point it is a combination of all those shitty simulation uh, 
simulation. There's a shitty reality TV shows my dad used to watch. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the ones about mechanics, the ones about uh, it's like called like American Pickers or something like that, where they go about. Oh to, yeah. Like literally just the barn finds thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, all you need is <laughs> buying storage lockers and maybe something to do with a pawn shop, and then you got it. <laughs> you got the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, so I was I I had one of those barn finds that had two identical cars in it, um, but they were both in pretty poor condition. So I took them both back to the shop, had them both up in the lifters. And I was like, right, I'm going to strip them both and hopefully make one good car. Uh, but then, about halfway through it, I'd repaired so many of the bits that I was like, actually, I can just put both these cars back together again. That's cool. and, and 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 sell them, and there was like, there's no point in me working on both of them at the same time. So I'm just going to work on one, and then I'll work on the other. Um, I actually had to put my own car into the garage for a service last week, and when I walked in, and I had a look around my local garage, I was like, they have done an excellent job at recreating my local garage in that game. <laughs> I instantly recognize everything in here now. Nailed it. From from the game. And it they've done a very good job of creating a simulator that you will quite easily sink far too much time into. But at the same time I, I also feel I've learnt a fair fair bit about the innards of a car. That's cool. Which is which is no bad thing. That's kind of what you hope to get from those, you know, those kind of simulators. Like, it's not really a simulator if you don't actually learn anything, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless I you already are super skilled in the thing it's simulating. Yeah. But then you're just leaving your day job to play your day job as a game. People do. A lot of people really like train simulator and stuff like that. Yeah. Or it, I can't, I don't know, whatever, I... I can't do that. I don't play, you know, those puzzle games that are basically programming. I can't play those because yeah. I'm just like, I can't come home and do the same thing as I do at work. <laughs> I did that with one with one game. I can't remember what it was called now. I reviewed it for the site. It was a, it was a pretty neat mobile game that was about programming. Anyway, um, yeah, Car Mechanic Simulator is is a very good game. And I know Mike likes to wind me up for liking simulators, but yes, <laughs> it's 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 worth a look. And I actually, um, it wasn't until I was finishing up the review that I realised it's only twenty five quid, which is not bad for yeah, a PS four game. How yeah, much is it on Switch. I don't know if it's on Switch. I'm pretty sure it's on Switch. It may not be out yet. Oh, I I'll check for it. it Keep Switch. talking. Yeah, I, I was actually I, wondering when you I when you brought this up. I was actually I thought, I thought that means I could go to bed at a reasonable time and yeah, continue not to sleep, to which defeats the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going to bed does not mean go to bed. There yeah. is car mechanic simulator. Oh, I'm pretty CMS. sure it's yeah yeah. Is that the same one? I don't know if it's the same one, but there is a car mechanic simulator called CMS on it, which is a bad name. CMS yeah. means something. Yep. <laughs> it's already a thing. 
I won't buy a CMS for my Switch. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, I don't know. I don't think that is that one. Do you know what the developer name is for it? A red dot. Okay, this is and and Playway. Nah, that's not this. There's also Car Mechanic Manager, which I did see that one. A different game that was quite good. I thought Car Mechanic Simulator was on here. Maybe it's coming soon. It might be because I mean, like I said, the the PS4 port has only just come out. Yeah. Uh, Maybe so it could be wrong. it could be in the works for a, a switch Maybe version. Me and Mike are having a shared delusion. Yeah, I'm sure I saw the mechanic. I'm actually going to the store right now, <laughs> and I'm having a look. I did see. Uh, well, there, there's the there's a new one, which is it is it bus repair simulator or something. Bus right. fix, yeah, bus fix 2019. Damn, that like, oh, that's a good name. Um, it's better than bus CMS. Fix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is, uh, I'm sure I saw that one as well. We're both going crazy. It must have been CMS. Yeah. Um, who knows? So, yeah, it, 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 it's a pretty fun game to play, like, you plow away at the contracts for so long until you can until you've got enough money that you can just go around and route around the junkyard and the the barns just to find something that you want to fix up. Right. Eventually there's a there's an auction system that you unlock as well and it's basically eBay for cars. Right. The it there's one of those on the Nintendo shop called Car Trader. Right. I don't know if you've seen this one, um, and it's like worth three pound. It's, it's for, on sale for like three pound fifty. Probably more welcome. Um, <laughs> that's probably what what I'm thinking of. But oh, yeah. I'm now looking. I'm now looking for the simulator games, and I can't find. <laughs> yeah, I've I, I've got the press email here, and it was coming to PlayStation Four and Xbox One on June twenty fifth. So uh, there's that. no mention of Switch. You must remember. Yeah. That. You get driving yep. school original though. <laughs> Become the best driver in the world, improve your driving skills. Farm expert for for 2018 for Nintendo Switch. Construction machine simulator, Ben. Oh. Nine one, is, is nine farming one simulator farm, like actual farming simulator is available on Switch. It I is. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the I'm just looking. There's Goat Simulator. Yeah. There's oh, did also you see, so... Oh, did you see that uh, Pigeon Simulator is actually going to... The game looks alright. But the thing is, that the thing that they showed at... Was it E3? Uh-huh. That was that was just... Um, it wasn't actually a game at that point. They were just like, let's make a stupid video. Yeah, it's like a mock-up. And, and then because everybody lost their shit over it, they said, <laughs> okay, we'll make it. I mean, that's essentially how Goat Simulator came about. Goat Simulator yeah. was a, a game jam game. Yeah. Yes. And then people were like, this is stupid. And they're like, all right, we'll make a full one then. Yeah. <laughs> Goat Simulator was a bad joke taken too far. Yeah. yeah. Which actually reminds me, I need to check if that Kickstarter for Skateboard succeeded or not. Did you guys see that one? No. It's like a Tony Hawk game where you, you play as a bird. Oh, 
on like a little tech deck. Skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see. No. It, it genuinely looks really good, like a really fun skateboarding game. Uh, they were doing a Kickstarter for it recently. Um, I think they were doing a Kickstarter for it. Maybe it was just a demo that was out. Uh, but cool. it looks really cool. Car Mechanic Manager, <laughs> I think, was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Right. Campaign Airs. I mean, in, in terms in terms of the Switch and management games, I'll be buying. There's a lot of them, and also if you like farming, there's so many farming games on Switch are coming to Switch. Like, there's two of those. Um, they just announced a new remake of one of the Harvest Moon games, like the Game Boy Advance one. Right. There's two uh -huh. of the Rune Factory games coming. There's a Doraemon game made by the ex rune factory people <laughs> that is basically a rune factory game coming and then obviously stardew valley's on there and it's like great if you want farming <laughs> switch is your device <laughs> the switch is great yeah so kieran how about you tell us about it cadence of hyrule yeah, speaking of Switch games. Yeah, we're um, short on Switch games. We're back on Switch games. <laughs> back on Switch games. Um, Kings of Hyrule is something that was announced at E3. Well, no, it was announced a while ago, wasn't it? It was announced in the uh, direct earlier this year, I think. Yes, it came out yeah. at E3. Um, it is Zelda meets Crypto Necrodancer. And it's really good. I've played a lot of it. I think I've only got like one dungeon and then the finale to do. Um, it works really well. It's way more of a Zelda game than I was expecting. Like it doesn't really have the roguelike kind of hooks to it that uh, Crypto Necrodancer had. It has like a big open world that you're exploring, tons of chests and stuff that you're opening. You're getting lots of different items and equipment to use, and it still has that core mechanic of you're moving on the beat it's a little bit more it's a little bit easier than Crypto Necrodancer was uh, like just in general like you take less damage and, or it feels at least like you take less damage and you do more damage and it's less punishing for missing beats um, like you can miss a couple of beats usually before enemies move whereas before it was if you miss a beat an enemy moves instantly and so if you're missing beats at all you're getting hit constantly um, right now moving on the beat basically gives you a combo and that gives you more money when you clear a screen of enemies if you have a high like combo at the end of it or there's some weapons that you get later on that have the ability that basically means if you attack with a combo instead of doing one or two damage it does you know four or five damage and so you're basically as long as you've got a combo you're walking about one-shotting every enemy on the screen and it's really cool. And there's these big, like, elaborate boss fights and stuff. There's dungeons, like, in proper Zelda games, which is where it becomes slightly more like Crypto Necrodancer. Every right. time you go into a kind of dungeon room, it's like Crypto Necrodancer, where you can only see a limited amount, so you're exploring this map, and you can, like, dig through walls and things like that. You could... Uh, and the, the shopkeeper from Crypto Necrodancer shows up as well. It's Does really say good. He does sing. And Excellent. the music is all like remixes of Zelda music. And so he's oh, sitting cool. singing along with the Zelda music. Nice. Um, 
one of my favorite songs in that game is one that you find one that happens in the tutorial area and then also in one of the later dungeons which is a remix of the main zelda theme song and the first stage song from crypt the necrodancer oh like, okay mixed together and it's so good all of the music is really just like crypt the necrodancer all of the music is just fantastic yeah um it's a bit easier than crypt the necrodancer like i was really bad at that i never got past like the third floor in crypt the necrodancer because it's just impossibly difficult for me uh-huh but Canes of Hyrule, like, I'm almost done with it, and I will probably, you know, I don't, I've not really, I died a little bit at the start, and then the moment I got a better weapon, because you start with just the same as Kryptonite Dancer, you have a sword, and it does yes. that, one damage in one square, or in whatever direction you're moving in, and that's it. Right. Very quickly, or at least very quickly for me, because apparently that overworld is randomly generated, so things are in different places depending on, you know, who's playing. Um, but for me at least, very quickly I got a spear, which I've been using for most of the game. Like, I haven't upgraded the All spear right. now, but the spear attacks two spaces in front of you instead of one, and it's really good uh -huh. just so you can poke enemies and keep them out of range. Yeah. Um, you also get like the long sword, which does damage to the three tiles in front of you, like in a vertical way. So if you're facing right, then the one to your right will get hit, and then the one above that and the one below that will get hit. Right. Um, but then you're getting all sorts of upgrades as well. So you can play as either Link or Zelda. And depending on which one you pick later on, you will wake up the other one and you can switch between them eventually. And they have different abilities. So I've mainly been playing as Link, but you unlock the ability to do his spin slash that he has in all those games. And that's just the same thing. You do it on the beat and he spins and attacks everything in the circle. Um, he has a shield. So you can hold down the shield button while you move and you can still move with it out and it just means you don't do damage and instead you can block things. So if an enemy attacks you oh, when you okay. move, it doesn't do any damage and you can use it to knock back projectiles. Um, which is another thing also. Again, I I suck to Crypto Necrodancer so I don't know if some of this might have been in there at some point but there's projectiles. So you get like a bow and arrow and the way the bow and arrow works is that you press down the button on the beat and you let it up on the next beat. So you... Oh, is that how they work? That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I you... suck at Crypt of ne Necrodancer as well. I love yeah. the game, but I'm fucking awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. This, this is definitely much more forgiving. It definitely feels like, one, they were like, we know this is the, our game is designed to be hard and do hard for a lot of people, and Zelda kind of isn't. Um, but also they've got uh, they added this eventually to Crypto Necrons as well but I've never used it and I've not used it in this either but there's, you can turn off the rhythm stuff and just turn it oh. into an old school roguelike where you move and the enemies move oh okay um, I don't know if I'd play it that way I, I like the rhythm stuff it's kind of what I like about that game So yeah it'd be like you know, trying to play the game now when we're doing the podcast with, with without the music, it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember what else there was. They've made like a bunch of changes to make it a bit easier, and it's it's definitely not as difficult and punishing as Cryptonic right. Yeah, the only reservation I have about it is 
the price, and I don't know if I'm justified in thinking that or not. You know, I, I feel that the price is a little... It's a little bit more than than what I would be comfortable with paying for the game. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, personally, I think I've definitely got my money's worth out of it. All right, it okay. Seems, and from what I understand, like I've obviously not done it myself yet. From what I understand, when you finish the game, you unlock a, a kind of um, like hardcore mode, like a more of a roguelike mode, basically for it that randomizes right, okay. more stuff. So like, there's more stuff after I'm done. Um, according to the Nintendo Switch, I've played four hours or more of it just now, and that's me doing three dungeons, and I've been collecting pretty much everything in the overworld. Right. So there's, a, so there's another dungeon, and then presumably the final dungeon where you fight Ganon or whatever. So that could probably be at least another couple hours, I guess. Right. Um, but then, of course, if there's roguelike stuff at the end of it, I'll probably replay it. Um, but yeah, I, I could see it maybe being better a little bit cheaper but i've definitely got my money's worth out of it, i think cool um the other thing i was going to mention actually is how the overworld works so the whole overworld is split into screens um and they have like set enemies on them and you can go around and basically each one of those is self-contained little you know crypto necrodancer level right so you go in it has the beat based thing that you're moving the enemies are moving you fight the enemies once you've cleared out all the enemies on an area, they usually don't respawn. They will respawn if there's something that specifically needs them to respawn. So, for example, there are some chests in areas that will only unlock if you kill every enemy in the area without getting hit. Uh-huh. So if you do get hit, the enemies will respawn when you come back into that level, uh, that area because you need them to be able to get that chest. But if you get that chest, next time you come back, that area will be empty. All right. And when an area is empty, the beat goes away, so you don't need to move on the beat, and you can just ah. hold down the button and just sprint across areas. So, because I was initially kind of worried, I was like, "Man, this overworld is quite big. Like, this is a Zelda map, and it would take forever to get from the top to the bottom if you had to use the beat every time." But thankfully, you don't. Like, they they thought right. of that. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. I I really like it. They did a really good job with it, and I hope it's a sign of things to come. Like I hope Nintendo is more open to letting indie platformers mess about with their stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it does look very good. Like I said, the only reason I haven't picked it up is kind of the the price thing. Yeah, that's understandable. But uh, yeah, it's definitely one that I do mean to check out. Cool. Um, Mike, tell me about Konami Pixel Puzzle. Yeah, this is all your fault. Tell me about this <laughs> game that I played a bunch of and told you to buy or told you to download because it's free. Yes, yeah. So the last time we did the podcast, I think we we're talking about Picross S2 or S3. Three, I think it was. It'll be three. And I almost yeah. that. The, co- like, the color one. Yeah. The color one, yes. That's yeah. the one, yeah. You can't um... call them that. <laughs> <laughs> S3, Return of the Color. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, during that podcast, Kieran mentioned a Konami Pixel Puzzle, 
And yes, yeah, so I downloaded it and had a look. Really good. Good fun. Uh, it, the Picross puzzles in this one are they're simpler. Yeah. If that makes uh, and uh, But my god, there's a shitload of them. Which is also really cool yeah. as well. So they have various categories and it's based on you know, sort of Konami things. So they've got like an action category. They've got a, a category of puzzles and pictures that are based on Gradius. There's shooting because they did a lot of shooters. Parodius. There's thinking. There's Bomberman. Sports. Schoolgirls. Variety. And Castlevania. Yes. They've also got bosses and all sorts of uh, like uh, and the boss thing, a boss puzzle is a bit like in the the Picross game, the, the clip Picross. So it's made up of yeah. uh, various little puzzles, and eventually, once you get a, all of them, they'll click together. Yeah, but that's also randomized, uh, so it picks from different categories. So you're not you're not going to get all yes. the boss ones in a row that you actually need. Yeah, which is fine. The boss thing is quite cool because it's timed and it's doled out to you. Uh, I think you get every two hours. So when, after you've uh, played a boss Picross puzzle and finished it, you it's two hours before the next one comes up, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's quite cool. I like that. Um, there is quite a lot of adverts for the game, but yeah. the ads appear sort of in a banner underneath. And it's normally for Konami products, so you know, yeah. it'll be for the the newest mobile version of Pez or um, not for the Castlevania that, collection, which is weird. Yeah, it's not uh, on can, mobile. But that's what I was going to say. A lot of the adverts is for Konami products, but it's not for products you can actually download for the iPad. Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre, but. I don't mind it. It's not they're not overly intrusive, and the game, like I said, the game is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's Picross. I, I, but it's, it, really it's quite, yeah, it's quite simple as well. The way that they do it is well when you're playing the game, so you've got a hint system, mm-hmm. and if you choose a hint, it will randomly uh, complete one line of the puzzle for you to move on now if you're like me you'll be working on various different lines at the same time and if you get stuck and you hit complete one it may just end up filling in one block mm-hmm. one actual square which is a little bit annoying but you get used <laughs> to it uh, like i said the puzzle is a little bit easier so it's not it's not like in i've the literally never game, had so... to use the hint because they're so easy I used the hint once to see what it did. That's understandable. And uh, I ended up using it nine times because <laughs> it was like <laughs> it it ran across and it was like I can oh it goal that I've already done and I wanted to see if it would you know automatically target one and it doesn't it doesn't target one that isn't completed if That's so weird. yeah it yeah. would end up giving me giving me the hint of the same one over and over and it would use up the hints that I have. I so, that. 
Yeah, that, that's about the only weird thing with it. Um, because with Picross S3, they've got the the Hint Roulette, which I actually use a lot. Uh, I think, and to be honest, I think it's because I'm lazy sometimes. <laughs> you start you start the puzzle and it's like, oh, I can't be bothered, you know, doing the whole logic and counting backwards and doing all of that thing. Just start me off. Just give me two random, you know, yeah. a row and a column and I'll... I'll uh, especially for some of those harder ones where it's like okay well the only way i can get like the first one of this is to be like well if i add up these yes i know i know that the, there's 15 squares here so if i know that all of these minus the number of these numbers there is is 15 then i can fill in a line all right let's do that and it's like maths not yes. a thing i enjoy but i love pictures <laughs> um the one thing i would say that i find bizarre about it is that they don't label the um the puzzles on the front except for the boss one so you yeah. unlock you start with one basically for people that don't know it's, it's a grid of four things you can choose two of them yes. or three of them are locked from the start and you can only hit one and yeah. they unlock as you get higher collections uh, because as you solve more puzzles it unlocks more the first yes. one is always a like five by five grid. It's tiny, super easy. Not it's... always. Oh well, I've only ever. It's very uncommon then, I guess. I've only ever got five um, by five out of that first one. No, uh, I've I've had a. I've had the fifteens. Oh, that's weird. Um, yeah, uh, as you get more into it. So, what's your collection? How much of the collection have you played? Ugh, it's like six percent or something. Okay, I'm on 19. Yeah. But the thing I've is, that <laughs> second one always gives me 10 or 15. Oh, I, guess that's, well, I, I guess that's why they don't list it then, is because it's not actually tiered that way. I've just had better luck that way. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind then. I don't have any complaints about it. It's great, it's perfect. <laughs> it's the best game ever made. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's been good fun. I've been uh, playing it on the train and stuff like that when I'm not reading. And um, yeah, it's good. Check it out. Play it. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's Picross. I mean, what more do you want me to say about yeah, it? There's, there's, but they there isn't much more. Because Nintendo owns that license. Of course, yeah. It hasn't stopped other iPhone apps, though. <laughs> well, yeah. There's a couple. But, uh, Look there, there are, couple. yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have Picross games as part of other games, like brain training games that have yeah. them as, as mini games inside it. Yes, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so definitely check it out. It is quite good. Ben, what in the world is Steel Division Two? Well, it's the second one. Well, I'm so glad you cleared that up. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I don't even think it is the second one. I think it's third one. Um, I got this confused with Steel Battalion. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not that. <laughs> it can't be that. <laughs> um, Steel Division 2 is a real-time strategy game. World War oh, II era. No, I don't want to know. I thought it was all about maths. <laughs> There's no maths and no grids. <laughs> no. Let's go back to Picross then. Yeah. Uh, it is it's 
it's a very good real-time strategy game that if you don't actually sit down and learn how to play, you will think is not a very good strategy game. Um, it is very unforgiving to people who want to go gung ho, put all their units in one place, and just go, you know, fuck it, go and do it. Uh, you have to be very meticulous about using the terrain and the maps to your advantage, like hiding units in trees, and, uh, getting soldiers to move into buildings, stuff like that, so that they've got cover and protection. Um, so it's all set around World War II era. Uh, mostly you're looking at the kind of the eastern front between Germany and Russia. Uh, at first look, it doesn't look like the game had a lot to offer in terms of modes. Right, there's, okay. quite a, there's quite a focus on multiplayer and just jumping into random matches with with people. Uh, you can definitely do 2v2. I think you can go up even as far as, say, 4v4. Uh, but there is a, a mode in it called... Oh, now I've forgotten what it's called. Uh, it's, it's like general or something on the menu. Uh, and you go into there and there's actually campaigns that you can play That's and cool. it switches switches between like uh, an overview map where you're controlling where all your different armies are moving across and then if you actually get armies clashing against each other then it says into a tactical battle or auto resolve and, and such like that but if you go in, if you do have armies facing you each tactical battle has three phases. So on the map beforehand, you can say, okay, well, the person that's been attacked, they are phase A. Who's nearby that can either come in in phase A, B, or C as, as backup reinforcements? Uh, and quite often when you start a tactical battle, the map will be... Um, in favor of one side. So there's uh, an overlay to the map which shows which side has more of an advantage. And you, you're literally like pushing back the their front line with this visible line as you're controlling the battle. So if you're if you're defending, say, uh, and you're hoping to wait on your backup coming through in phase B or C, you actually have to hold that front line long enough that you don't lose the battle before you even get to that next phase. Okay. But the, the, the actual the actual visual of that works really well. Um, it also kind of gives away a little bit where the enemy is coming from because you can see the line moving forward. You're like, oh, well, yeah. they're coming down the left flank. So I can kind of reposition my army to, to counter that. Yeah, and it's all about kind of controlling key points on the map. So there's wee flags that you've got to try and get your line to be covering so that you've got control over. That sounds quite good. And like I said, if you're, if you're defending, then the minute you start the game, it's like, okay, you're going to have a major defeat in eight minutes <laughs> if you don't move that line forward and regain some of these key points. Um, and then it kind of goes down so like if there's a slight say okay minor defeat or draw and then 
you want to obviously turn the tide in your favour. Um, but like I said, it, like the first the first game I played, I, I didn't really know what I was doing, so I was just like, right, I'll just go and throw a bunch of units down here and we're going to move that line forward, let's go forward. And then everybody died. I was like, okay, you actually have to sit and think carefully about which units you're sending where and what they're going to come up against. Uh, sometimes you, you get into a battle from the main map that you're just, you've got no chance of winning. You just have to accept that. Like you've, yeah, you've got a, a small infantry battalion against, you know, three tank units. And you're just like, well, today's not going to be my day. But I take it like, you know, damage continues. So if you're like, hey, I only have these couple of units here defending against this, but if I can at least weaken them a bit, you can die and do something. Yeah. Um, so there, there has been times where I've got into that battle where I've got a single, you know, a small infantry unit coming up against a pretty big, you know, uh, army of tanks and artillery and stuff like that. But I know in phase B and C, I've got my own tanks are coming in and then my artillery is coming in as well. So if I can hold out just long enough with these troops that I go and hide in buildings in places that they can't be shot at, can't be seen. And if they can just hold out long enough, they'll be able to switch. Yeah. Switch the tights. Switch how the battle goes. So it it's growing on me. As I kind of understand it a bit better. Sounds interesting. Yeah, and you can also from the map. This is how I, this is how it worked out how to play the game. But the map, when you're picking those armies for those phases, you can give any one of them over to AI control. So what I did was the first phase. I was like, okay, AI, you can control the first phase, and I'll come and back you up with my tanks. So I was able to kind of see how the AI positioned units and oh, controlled the map uh, and I was like right okay I kind of get this um, I've, I've yet to try the multiplayer but I'm kind of keen to do that yeah see how it is. but see the way jump straight in and be like I don't know how to play this let's play against yeah, exactly. people especially a relatively niche game like this where it's like well the people that are playing it probably know how to play it <laughs> yeah yeah I dare say they, I dare say they would yeah so yeah, I've just been been playing through one of the one of the generals' campaigns, the kind of easier one, just now, just to kind of get my feet. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks pretty impressive as well. Um, it's kind of got that nice zoomed out map feel that you got in uh, the likes of Ruse. I was just about to say, um, yeah, because yeah. I'm looking at pictures now. I was like, it reminds me of really Ruse. Those yeah. guys have a new game out as well. Oh, do they? Um, I forget the name of it. Because they've been making the same... Not the same, it sounds reductive to say that. They've been making a series since Ruse that are similar uh, to Ruse since that. Uh, I forget the name of it. I'll look it up for you. I really liked Ruse. It just didn't seem to do very well for itself. Yeah, um, and I feel the same. Um, but yeah, it's got that same sort of... about the big overview looking at it and then you can zoom right into the camera being right beside the tanks as they're trundling along to the point where it's almost it almost looks like world of tanks at that point 
And so there was, Ruse was made by French developer Eugen Systems. Yeah. Their their new game is Steel Division 2. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it looks like Ruse. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, oh, I love I love when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, really impressed with it. The kind of level of detail in it, the level of realism in it, um, and just actually playing a strategy game that you have to think. Because you kind of get to the point with other strategy games where you're just like, I have more more numbers, so I'm just going to throw them at you, and and. I know I'm going to win sort of thing. Whereas this, it kind of feels like even if you don't have the bigger numbers, you can still pull off a victory by hmm. playing a bit more tactically. It seems cool yeah. to look at it. The series of theirs yeah. that I was thinking of that they made after Ruse was Wargame. Oh, right, yeah. They made three of those. Wargame, European Escalation, Airland Battle, and Red Dragon. And so, then Active Aggression, which I think was very similar. Uh, they they did they did make Steel Division Normandy. So that was the previous Steel yeah. Division game. I think there was another Steel Division one as well. Uh, those are only two that are listed on their wiki. I don't know. They also made a game called The Gladiators Galactic Circus Games back in 2002. That's an odd name for a game. Um, yeah, it sounds cool. I don't really need another RTS just now, but I'll probably buy it like I do all RTSs. Well, yeah, because um, I did have another one on the list to talk about that we've both been playing that I wasn't really enjoying so much so i'm quite glad I've, I've had a look at still division 2 that's fair i am like scratched a bit more of a niche for me i am liking the other one but i don't think i've played enough of it to really talk about it much um, yeah it's, it's total war <laughs> total war three kingdoms i quite like it but yeah um, i like it too cool. it's very pretty but it's also very confusing that's understandable there are a lot of clans that change name every five minutes. Uh, yeah, yes, it is like the, yeah, everything changes constantly. Yeah. Um. So we've passed judgment on these games, Kieran. Do you have some judgment of your own? <sighs> yeah. Judgment. <laughs> is my stealth way of talking about another Yakuza game on this podcast (laughs) Judgment is a new game by the Yakuza developers um, using the same engine as Yakuza 6 and Kiwami 2 and it's great, Uh, it's set in the same city as those as well but Instead of being about the Yakuza and being like, hey, this is, you're playing as a Yakuza member or an ex-Yakuza member or something like that, as you're playing as a, a lawyer or an ex-lawyer who, basically the premise of the like, setup for it is um, in Japan, and this is like based on actual Japan like stuff, um, basically when a case goes to court, 
it only goes to court if it's gonna be a guilty verdict basically like the they're the amount of people that you know successfully defend the court case are like or a criminal court case has is like one or two percent is tiny if it gets that far you're you're done for um the character you play as uh, starts out as a lawyer who relatively early on in his career makes a name for himself by getting a guy who's accused of murder off by proving you know couldn't have been him he didn't do it and they managed to get him off which you know blows people's minds they're like oh man you're this hot shot lawyer that managed to actually like win a defense case that's amazing and the moment like the next day afterwards uh the guy he got off is accused of murdering his girlfriend and burning down their house and so your character goes into a bit of a depression and is like okay well i cannot be a lawyer anymore because i got a murderer off and this is bad um becomes a private detective where which basically just gives him an excuse to beat people up (laughs) <laughs> and unless you do the the accuser thing of you know, having all these street fights and stuff like that um the combat is very similar to the previous yakuza games but it's more it's faster um and all the combos and stuff are a bit different like it is different but the core of it, it feels basically the same um but i'm really liking the structure of this game like it feels very different from those games just because the story is a bit more of this kind of detective-y thing it's got some uh almost like phoenix wright kind of sections where you're investigating crime scenes and stuff like that um so the main story so far that i'm in so i'm still very early on and it uh follows this guy who has been through all this stuff uh he gets involved in investigating a case of a serial killer who has been hunting down yakuza members and gouging their eyes out and so one of the first things you're doing is investigating this crime scene of this Yakuza guy who has had his eyes gouged out of his head and it's grim and it's like okay great let's investigate this crime scene and it's it's really interesting I'm really really liking it so far it's scratching simultaneously scratching that Yakuza itch and scratching that Phoenix Wright itch for me um so yeah I'm really enjoying it so far um it's still got the big kind of not big but it's got the open world stuff that the yakuza games had it has side stories that you can do there are little side missions that are very goofy like they were in yakuza even though the main story is a bit more serious at least so far again um it also has you know a lot of the other side activities you can do you can go and play baseball and you can go and race drones you can go to uh club sega and play Puyo Puyo or uh, what else is there they have a bunch of arcade games they have that in every one of them um, there's different ones in every one of them this one has Puyo Puyo oh I say Fantasy Zone and... oh wow oh what's the other one there's Virtual Fighter 5 is in there and you can play Virtual Fighter 5 online I think in it which is bizarre and the most impressive thing they have in the arcade, though, is they actually they made a, a House of the Dead ripoff that uses assets from, like, there was a spin-off to the Yakuza games called Yakuza Dead Souls that was a zombie game. Oh, right, okay. And it was, like, just a parody of zombie things and Yakuza. And they took the assets from that 
and then made a House of the Dead clone out of it. And it's quite fun. <laughs> like, it's surprisingly good. Um, but yeah, it's really good overall. I'm really enjoying it so far. It's... I would say it was a smart choice for them because I think a lot of people look at the Yakuza series and go, hey, six just came out. So I can't get into this series because there's six of them. <laughs> and zero was a good way of going, hey, if you want to get into this series, here's the way to do it. But even then, the implication is still, and then I will play six more of them. Whereas this yeah. is very much comes off as like a self-contained thing and it's like, just play this. If you're interested in that series but don't want to play a seven-part series to fully get it, here is a standalone thing you can get. And so far it seems like a really good one of those. Like it is one of the best. So I'm enjoying it a lot so far. I'm hoping it stays this good the whole way through. It'd be a real shame if I'm like, this is one of the best. And then halfway through it's like, oh no, it's garbage. Oops, <laughs> but I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that would happen. These guys tend to be pretty consistent. So, yeah, Judgment. It's on PS4. I don't think it's on PC. But all the Yakuza games have been coming to PC recently, so if it's not on PC, it probably will be eventually. Um, but it's really good. Uh, cool. Mike. Yes. Tell me about Forza Horizon Four. This brand new release. Cars <laughs> in it, I hear. Horizon. It has. Maybe. This is the Horizon robot dinosaurs, right? Horizon. Yes, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. So, um, I had just been, I've just been mucking around more with the Lego expansion that came out, Me too. and yeah, it's um, they've managed to add quite a bit of stuff to do with it. Yeah. So. You know, the one of the neat ideas is that you can go and do these objectives, and these objectives are they've been in Horizon games all along. Uh, sometimes it'll be as silly as compete in a certain event, and if you compete in a certain event, you get an X a reward. Normally, it's money or you know, it's sometimes thematically dressed up this time it's dressed up as lego blocks so you get lego blocks for competing in an event if you win the event you get another so you can uh, and then the idea is that you can build your lego house so we're in horizon for the normal game you're using money to buy a house here you're using lego blocks to build a house it's pretty good really stupid really stupid <laughs> idea but it, it's it's awesome it's, it's really good. Um, there's really not much more to say that it's just cool. I, I think I, the fact that it's also self-contained on a not a small map, like it's still quite big, but a smaller map yes. than the main one is great because I never did those like online world events where it's like everyone go to this area and do a thing because I didn't want to drive all the way across to Edinburgh to go somewhere. Um, yeah, but I've been doing those in this one because I'm near enough to them most of the time. So it's like, yeah, fuck, I'll go over there. Why not? Uh huh. I'll go over there, and there's like seven other people doing donuts. Great, sold. <laughs> yeah, the, I think one of the things for me as well is how good. Well, 
we know Forza Horizon 4 is a good-looking game, but they've integrated the Lego into it, and you would think it would be a direct contrast. You'd have, you know, the Lego plants and the Lego trees and everything, but it just somehow works. It, you know, you've got this realistic skyline or realistic mountains in the background, and then you've got um, just this, you know, the, the the fake Lego trees and the, the palm trees and yeah. stuff like that. It's really, really good. Yeah, um, uh, it's got definitely this good mix of like real world stuff, and then just hear some Lego in it also. Yes, yeah, it's they definitely they they, they picked up the you know what they did within the Hot Wheels expansion, and they've just kind of went with it and taken it that little bit further, and it's better off for that. Yeah, although it doesn't have like all the crazy you know, loop de loops and raised courses and stuff like that that the Hot Wheels one had, which I still yeah. think I liked a bit more. Well, I I liked them, but see if they had them in this, I don't think I would have liked them as much because, well, Lego doesn't have the loop de loops and things like that. Lego has yeah, true. Yeah, no, it wouldn't the, have made sense. It just I mean, you it know, all, have a, all the different pl- yeah. The, so it has all the different play sets, which they've kind of got because. You've got this map, like Kieran says, it's not small, but it, you know, but it's not overly big either. But what they've done is they've they've split it up into different areas. So there's like a desert area, and you've got all the, the you know the kind of the Lego dinosaury bits, and then there's space Lego that shows up in some of it, and then there's the racetrack and the the city Lego, and yeah, yeah it just fits. They've, they've yeah, put a lot of work into it. It's yeah. The it's one really bad thing about it. Uh huh. The only one. Yep. There's only two cars in it. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. You can't build only, more. No, you only get two. Yeah. They're both really good, but because they're really good, I really like more. And they're both you know they're made of Lego. You get a Lego Mini and a Lego Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. And that's only the two you get, I think. Or actually, there might be a third. I yeah, I, I need to play it a bit more I to find can't out. Remember. But there's not many at least. It's like I would have hoped to get at least a handful. Um Yes. I yeah, I'm the same. Uh, what I would have liked to have seen it, it would have been hard to do, but you know when you bump the car that bits a Lego fall off. Yeah. That would have been really cool, but it, the the damage model on that would have been fucking horrendous to try and program. Yeah, even like if you... they, even if they just made it spit out Lego blocks, like you didn't have to actually damage. The it parts. does that. All oh, right, does like, it? Right. Yeah, like there's a bit of damage, and there are set things that will fall off, but it's not like super precise. You're not knocking off like specific blocks. It's like I I hit the side, and so the side bit fell off, and then that's all the damage that will be done to that. Um, yeah, the mini has like a bunch of fake uh, like luggage on top of it. And you right. can knock all that off. No, right, yeah. Um, but that's kind of about it. It would be nice if, yeah, if you could have like actual full damage modeling and just be like, "Hey, I lost a big chunk of bricks from the side of this car." <laughs> um, but it looks great. Is our thing. I spent a lot of time in that DLC just taking close-up pictures of the Lego cars because they look so nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. I 
I like driving. One of the things we're doing with Anne is you switch and well, you look at the window as you drive past some of the Lego places, and you see the the leg we Lego men and they're dancing and jumping up and down, and it, it just looks so ridiculous, but it's excellent. It's really, really it's good. Great. But that is yeah, it's pretty much everything you really want to say about that. Buy it, check it, and. Uh, ben, why don't you tell us? I think the last game we have is one of yours. It's the new version of F1, so the 2019. Yeah, it's. What was that? Eh. It was. I was. I was, <laughs> was going to say. I hear this one has a story mode. <laughs> there has been. There has been snippets of story. I haven't played the career. An awful lot yet. Um, so one of the big things it adds this year is the F2 as well as F1. Um, so you do start when you start the career mode, you start in F2, and you do you don't even have to do a couple of full races. It puts you into like drops you into like last few lap scenarios in a couple of the races from the year, and there's a bit of story and a bit of the old usual rivalry and your teammates trying to help you and mm-hmm. it's not not groundbreaking stuff yeah but it's it's still interesting and good to put it in there um so yeah i need to play some more of the career to see if that how that fleshes out because your rivals made it into f1 as well so yeah i imagine there's going to be more to that um certainly last year's f1 game did a lot in terms of the gameplay and you know how the cars felt and handled and it was a big big step forward in that respect so this year i definitely focused on the different game modes and options to play the game uh, and just like the ui and the menu are a lot more interesting mm-hmm. um because last year it was literally just a, a, a bar along the bottom that you scroll through and there's a lot more to the online side of things as well which is actually where i've put more more time currently uh there was there was a big online event for them drafting the new drivers for their esports uh when the game launched and they had like the most players sign up for that they've ever had like a a rise by about 40 percent i think they said uh what they've added what they've added this year is like a weekly uh, challenge mm-hmm. or like a weekly race. So from Monday to Thursday or Friday, uh, I think it's Friday, you can practice and qualify for the race. And then over the Saturday, Sunday, you can take part in races. All right. That's kind of how uh, GT Sport handles a lot of that stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I've I was actually was doing the practice earlier. I'll probably go and do the qualifying after we stop recording, so that I make sure I've got a place for this this week. Um, but it lets you you get like three sessions at a qualifying session, but it will let you redo any of the sessions, but penalise you if you do so. Okay. So you could uh, even when you get on to doing the race as well. So like you could do your first attempt, end up having a race in class, and go, "Well, I, I know I can do better," and you can try again. 
and you may win the race, but it'll penalise you so that you... it's not as good as someone who would have won the race the first time. Yeah, you, know so you don't just keep doing it over and over and getting better, better and then go, hey, I've done it. And it's like, yeah, yeah but it took you a thousand tries. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's quite nice. We kind of, it's got um, some more customization for you for multiplayer as well, so you can set up your own car library and all your driver outfits and stuff like that as well, uh, which you then use to represent yourself when you're playing online. So all the cars are the same. It's just it's just looks a bit change. Like Formula One. Yeah. No. Well, not well the overall design. <laughs> No, not the the inside, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but so the the cars are all just standard level. There's no difference between yeah. them playing online. <laughs> I mean, that's probably good. You don't want to like actual Formula One, where it's like, yeah. by the way, these two players can win. No, no yeah. one else has a chance. <laughs> yeah, that was a good weekend for it because race last in uh, Austria, so it's a good time for them to launch the game because yeah, the previous the previous race in france had been boring as hell um, yeah especially because the austria race ended in such a way that there was a lot of media attention on formula one yeah because <laughs> of controversial endings to the thing. yeah so formula one being in the the discourse in general is probably useful for them trying to sell a game based on it yeah yeah absolutely and um, I was actually I was actually gutted because I uh, our our PR person for Formula One game is the same one as the car mechanics, in- and I emailed him to say, "Oh, here's the the review for car mechanics website. Here's a link." And I got an auto response from him saying, "Sorry, I'm out at the Austria G this weekend." <laughs> I was just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I. Uh, F1 2019, absolute solid game. Um, like all the all the great improvements from last year are just being built on on top of in terms of just adding a bit more depth to the game as a whole. Because normally I would only just jump into a career and plow away at it, but it seems to be a bit more a bit more interesting, a bit more incentive to play online, a bit more of an interesting career with this kind of story stuff that's coming in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I might jump back into it this year like I haven't bought a Formula 1 game in a few years now but it's just because I don't play enough of them to justify buying them every year so like every few years I pick up one basically and play it for a bit um, mm. but it seems like it might be the time to jump back in seems good yeah, yeah. Jason Racing. We, yeah we've got any more Video games to talk about? I think that's us for video games. Yeah. Video uh, games are over. That's it. Yep, that's it. We've had enough of them. So I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Have we got any board games to talk about? Two. Mine has been sitting on this list for a while now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we should probably talk about it. Um, Cool. Yeah, let's. A month and a half or two months ago now I played Plague Inc. <laughs> which is the the board game based on the Flash game or 
I guess based on the mobile slash console game slash based on the flash game plague inc yes is plague inc's like the opposite of pandemic where you create or the video game is at least um, where you create a virus and you're evolving it in different ways to try and infect as many people as possible and try and exterminate the human race basically yes and there's it's really fun and there's a bunch of expansions for it there's tons of stuff like they there was a minor controversy from let's face it idiots when they added anti-vaxxers as a thing um it's like hey by the way anti-vaxxers make it easier for you to spread your disease and it's like yeah that's how that works why would this cause controversy i thought anti-vaxxers were always part of the game i know Maybe I misremember. It was a different one of these kind of games. There was definitely one that yeah. added something recently. But... Yes, yeah, yeah. No, you are right. I don't know if it was this one though, but yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but regardless, they made a board game. It was a Kickstarter a while ago. Yes, yeah. And it shipped a while ago, I think. Actually, it's been out for a while, I think. Um, but I finally got a chance to play it, and I actually really enjoyed it. Which I wasn't really surprising. I wasn't really expecting. Mainly because like all of the, all of the font treatment and the UI of it and stuff like that is very much based on the game, and it looks terrible. Like it's it's a very ugly game. Um, if you look at the box for it, it it just looks bad. It's not a game I would pick up based on the box. I look at it and be like, ah, this is something that one person made and printed himself. Um, <laughs> but thankfully the actual game is really good the way it works is basically you have a world map and you it's split into like different continents so it's all the real world continents so you've got you know I don't think it has all of them I might be misremembering but you know at very least it's got like Europe and it's got America or North America and South America and it's all right. split up that way in Africa and you know stuff like that and the way it works is you draw cards uh, every turn i'm trying to remember it's been who else has played now every turn you can like draw a card um and place it and so you place it wherever it is so it's like you know europe or africa or wherever and you'll place you know here's the uk i've placed it in europe and they all have different stats on them so it'll be things like uh, the UK is cold. Well, the UK actually isn't that one. That's a bad example. But like, um, Greenland is cold. So your virus can only survive in Greenland if it has cold resistance. So you can't infect Greenland unless you have cold resistance. And they'll have like a set number of spots there for viruses that infect them. So Greenland might have, for example, three. And uh, in your turn, you can infect... A number of spaces depending on what your virus has so everyone has a little player sheet in front of them that is their virus and you can buy upgrades for that virus by getting dna points you get there's a handful of different ways to get dna points but basically you'll be upgrading your virus in different ways to get different abilities and then that'll let you survive in cold survive in heat the most important ones to get early on i found were to be airborne and or waterborne because as is, like to start with, your virus can't leave the continent it's on. 
The only right. way you can do that is if it's waterborne or if it's airborne. And if there's a city in one of those other continents that has a dock or an airport on it, and then you can infect and travel to there, which is quite a cool mechanic I found. So it's like this, it's a relatively simple little area control game where you're like upgrading your virus on your little player sheet as you go. And it has this kind of cool mechanic where you're controlling individual cities and there's only a set number of spots for viruses on the cities and you cash them in when someone has completely taken over that city um, or not an individual person but when all those slots are taken up so for example if we were all playing and uh, you know the UK had I say say countries usually um, had you know three spots on it then we could all have one of those and that would still mean that it's you know claimed basically it's completed and there's different like cards that let like, you kind of mess with people and like you'll remove certain viruses cards from certain places or move them from one place to another and things like that um but then the core thing is your virus will have like a lethality rate and once say has been like fully taken by you know a mix of people uh when it's if during your turn if a city you're in has been fully taken over you roll your lethality stuff and compare it to the numbers and it's all very simple it's very much like hey you roll a dice or i think it's like the lethality numbers like starts at like one and so basically you have to roll a one and you upgrade it and it'll be like okay well anything less than a six basically and i can win and you end up like doing this and taking over cities and stuff like that and killing everyone in the cities um and it's just a nice little it's obviously really dark when you sit and think about ah yes i murdered everyone here great but <laughs> as like a little area control game it, it works really well and i found the the kind of the mechanics around how you can move between continents ended up making some really cool situations. So we had things like, um, for example, I wasn't, I didn't have any virus in Asia. And so towards the end of the game, I was like, I really need to get in there and try and get a foothold in there because Nathan is taking over all of that area and I can't do anything. But then someone else uh, came in and placed like two virus tokens on the only airport in Asia. And I was like, I can't physically get there now. I'm just locked out of that entire continent because the airport's too sick. And it's like it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's already it's already too sick for me to come over. Um so you can do things like that. You can block people out of continents or you can oh, again right, there's okay. there's like cards that let you um you know mess with people so you can go like oh, I've cleared out all of your guys from this place or move them from here to here and so on and i really enjoyed it again like i thought it wasn't the nicest looking game like the actual main board and components and stuff like that look way nicer than the box does but it's like one of those things where first impressions are still somewhat meaningful so having a box that looks like that is an odd choice but it does look like the game box or like the game art that they use everywhere because they still stick to that flash game look which is 
I guess it makes sense, but I don't know. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know how expensive it is to buy it outside of the Kickstarter, but uh, if you're looking for a simple little area control game, it seems quite good. And it seems quite replayable, like a lot of... So because things like the, the locations are all randomized because they come out deck uh, randomized um, and your virus is somewhat random because the upgrades are randomized and you can you know, upgrade in different ways. Mm-hmm. That like, there's a lot of replayability of it, which is quite good. Um, I would definitely play again. I was is it was better than I was expecting it to be in a lot of ways, mainly because it was good in general, but also because it wasn't what I was expecting. Because when you're like, "Hey, we're making a game based on Plague Inc.," the instant assumption is, "Okay, so it's Pandemic," hmm. because you yeah, know, it's the same theme. It's, yeah, you know, it's obviously the other way round, but even Pandemic's already kind of dabbled in that. So it was interesting that it wasn't really anything like Pandemic. It, 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 there's very little to do with Pandemic in it, which is really good. Um, they didn't just go for the easy option. They went and made something that actually does feel like the game. It feels like a really good, like kind of competitive version of the video game, which uh-huh. I'm surprised how well they managed to pull that off. So. And it's one of those things, a lot of these mechanics are probably in other games I've just not played, but regardless, like, as it is, it's, it's really good. So yeah, Plague Inc. My half-remembered recollections of how Plague Inc. works. Because <laughs> it was a while ago. I probably got a bunch of that wrong, but regardless, go look at the rules or something if you're interested in it. I really do think it's quite fun. Uh, I probably won't be adding it to my collection, but that's mainly just because, obviously... You know, the people I play board games with the most already own it, so I don't need to. It's great. That's why I don't buy games that Mike owns anymore. (laughs) I finally caught on to that. Except for Oinkles. (laughs) Well, that's it. There's certain ones that you go, well, you know, those we could, I can play with a small group that we kind of play out with when we all play together. But yeah, the, the kind of bigger ones, they're. The only people that we're going to play them with is us. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's it's one the thing same with. Uh, I was saying it's the same with uh, following each other Kickstarter. Yeah. Yes. If, if one of us need... backs it, then the others don't have to. <laughs> yeah, Nathan's been good for that recently. I didn't back Crusader yeah. Kings because Nathan got it. Uh... <laughs> I didn't back that uh, Vampire the Masquerade board game that came up recently. Although I kind of wish I had anyway, because it looked good. Um, but yeah, because he backed it, and it's like, well, I play board games with you most of the time, so I'll just, I'll just take that. I'll just play that then. That's fine. Yeah. So I it was because uh, yeah, he he backed the the Cthulhu Death May Die. <laughs> yes. The, with the giant minis. Yeah. Well, one of them is not yeah. a mini. One of them is a board, but it is shaped like a giant. It's not Cthulhu. It's one of the other like old gods. Um, but yeah, it's, yes. like this, it's the size of a toddler, but it is a game board. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I just <laughs> when the game came out, uh, it was I thought I'm I am interested in it, but Cthulhu is one of my least favorite themes within board games, and miniature, you know, the, kind of the the games that Simon uh, or come on as they like to call themselves now they've uh, they've actually insisted that you, you now call them come on instead come on. of Simon. i guess that makes sense. Right. but yes yeah so but uh 
Yeah, the, the games that Cool Mini are not make are not the types. You know, they're generally not my style of game. Nothing yeah. wrong with them, just not my style. Yeah. But I thought I would love to have bought that and not, you know, don't, don't you know, have no disregard for the cash and think, fuck it, I'm. I'm going to do it just to see what the cats would have made of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like four times their size. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably also, just... Uh, I think it's also good that... Um, like, I was the same where I was like, I don't really care about the Cthulhu mythos that much. I like it's an aesthetic for some stuff, but I don't really need this game. And again, Cool Mini or Not's games are really hit or mess, mostly mess with me. Yes, but yeah. On the other hand, the people that made this one also made the last Cool Mini or Not game that I enjoyed. Yes, yeah. Which was, um, fuck, what's Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Which is great. And it's, yeah, the same people that made it. And it's like, well, maybe this will be, the, maybe this will be good then. It's not the same type of game in any way. Yeah. But, you know, maybe this is the one. But I don't yeah. really get it, so it's good. <laughs> Excellent. Ben, you have a board game to talk about as well? Yes. Um, I do. You remember I sent the link to you when I saw this one coming out. Uh, called Knock to Luca. I, it's published by Z-Man. Oh, yes. It's a game about collecting dice, the shortest explanation, I guess. But um, the premise is that you are, uh, these Noctiluca are like coveted little creatures that swim in this pool and there's one night a year they all glow and you go and dive them because they've got wondrous healing properties. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a there's a deck of cards which are supposed to be like wee potions. And they've just got colour symbols on it to match the, the dice. And you have to place your diver on the edge of the board. Now the board is kind of set up with two rings of hexagons. Uh, so in the inner ring, there's four dice in each pool. And then in the outer ring, there's five dice in each pool. Uh, you place your diver down at the edge on one of the spaces, uh, which will be at the join between two hexagons. You place your diver down, and then you pick which line you're going to go in. Uh, and then you just call a number, and you can collect every dice that shows that number in that line. And you're trying to obviously collect the ones you need for your potions. Um, what what I think is nice is if you've got, if you pick up any that you don't actually need, you have to then pass them to the next player and say, do you need any of these? And they can take the ones they need. And if there's still some left, they pass them to the next player. So everybody kind of does share out the dice. And if there's any left, they just get discarded. Uh, at the start of the game, Everybody's got a hidden card of one of these four colors, one of these Noctilucas, uh, which at the end of the game will give you bonus points for every one of that color that you collected in your potions. Uh, there's other there's other scoring mechanics as well, so you're getting points for 
the, the potions are all one of three sets and when you complete a potion you get the token for that set and the tokens are numbered two through to eight i think it is so the first one you get is two and then the next one is still two and then it goes up as you go on and at the end of the game whoever has the most of uh, that type of set takes the rest of the tokens but you flip them upside down and they're all worth just one point each or if it's a tie they're split evenly between the players and um, and that's essentially it quite quite uh simple easy to pick up it's a great one to play with the girls uh the just the kind of the art style of it really appealed to me when i when i got the email saying that it was coming into stock uh which is why i sent you the link to see if you'd you'd heard about it at all yes yeah um yeah, it's uh, we've we've had a lot. It's it's been a great success in our house. It's been played several times already. We took it. We, like I say, we go out every Saturday to uh, one of one of my daughters has got a dancing lesson on a on a Saturday afternoon, and we took it with us and played it while we were waiting for her to have her have her dancing lesson a few times in the house as well. Um, the other bonus is that it comes with D six if you like dice. All right. Okay. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a lot of dice for one game. Yes. <laughs> uh, it it does also have a for uh, in a box for me because I do like uh, my solo games, but I've not tried it out yet. But you basically flip the board over, and the pools are then all numbered. And I've not quite looked up the rules, but I think then that kind of dictates which pool you can collect from. For for filling your potions. So the other thing is that you do two rounds on it. So you collect you're collecting all the dice off the board, and it kind of whittles down what's there. And people will have some of the dice still on their potions that they're building. And then when it reaches the halfway point, you clear it and restock the pool again. Uh, which is why there's so many dice because then there needs to be a few spare for for that stage. But mm-hmm. And it just it does kind of it means that everybody has you basically reverse the turn order as well at that point, so it keeps keeps everything balanced. Yeah, I had a, had a, had a lot of fun with it. Unfortunately, it's only uh, up to four players, so I will not bring it along on Saturday. Nope, yeah. that is uh, that's fair enough. Yeah, we'll have more board games to talk about next week. Yes. yes. Hopefully. Cool. Excellent. So I realise we're actually getting short on time. Do we have anything that anyone wants to bring up kind of news-wise or should we just have a quick look at release dates? Yeah, just what's coming out? Well, let's have a quick look. So What's coming out for next week? Uh, by the time you're listening to this, there would have been a couple of things already out. Nothing too uh, exciting, but uh, things coming out. If we just scroll down, have a look. Uh, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming out for the PS4 Switch on the 12th of July. I need another demo. I like the first one. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, um, not for me, but... but... Yeah. It's That's fair enough. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I'm interested in is God Eater 3 mm. coming up for the Switch. That could be neat. So, yeah, that'd that be quite good. Switch, honestly. <laughs> I, I, saw it, I saw it the other day there when I was uh, browsing through and looking to spend money and I uh, saw that was coming out. But I'm going to hang off because there's a, a couple other things coming out no, before that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm just looking through. There's something called Redeemer Enhanced Edition. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what that is. That I'm guessing. Is... Oh my god, what is that? I've played that game. Oh, have you? <laughs> yes. I'm blanking on which one it is because there's one or two things it could be. Is here the mech one or is the not mech one? I think it's the not right. mech one. Oh no, this isn't the one I played. Never mind, I'm confusing it with something else. No, oh, um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. This is like a top down beat em up kind of thing. Oh. Looks uh, right. Got good reviews on Steam. Cool. Uh, pretty much it for everything coming out then. There's uh, not too much. Uh, it gets quite busy after that. It sure does. Uh, the week, yeah, the week after that quite a lot of good things coming the week and uh, I think there's a, a few interesting bits and bobs coming out as well if you kind of look on like the, the Switch store and stuff like that have you noticed anything interesting? Uh, not for the next couple of weeks but they have added some pre-orders for stuff or like coming soon things for things um, like uh, I've not got it open uh, the Professor Layton game where you play as his daughter. They oh, that's coming to Switch, but that's it's not till later this year now. Right? Um, yeah. But they did. Um, it. Um, there is for Simon next Kagura week. Peach Bowl. Yep. Yes, that is just wrong. Have <laughs> you looked at the pictures of that? That that, that is that's definitely it's, it's a pinball game. What, what's wrong with it? It's just pinball. Like, yeah. For adults. Yeah. Yeah, pin and ball for adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that looks gross. It's... It does not look like a thirty-six pound game. Yeah. Wow. Um, that Soul it's... Seraph game looks quite cool. Or Soul Seraph. Yeah, that looks quite Did cool. Did you was... ever yeah. play? Uh. Fuck, was it something Razor? Was it Arc Razor? Act Razor? It was like a oh, Super Nintendo game. It was like a yeah. launch game. It's where it's like an RP. It's a spiritual successor, a successor, successor to that. Basically, oh, you right. have these this big open area that's like a kind of city builder, basically. Uh huh. But then also. It has this kind of side-scrolling beat-em-up RPG stuff that you go down and do as well to basically get things to upgrade the city-building part. Um, that original game on Super Nintendo was really good. So if this is, if this is good, that'd be good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just looking, there's not really much. There's. No, not much. Not much till Autumn Alliance. Yes, yeah. Kill the kill. So, 
Excellent. Anyone got anything else to add? I finished my expedition. Remember last time I was on, I was talking about the Elite Dangerous expedition to as far away as oh, possible. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. yeah. Over on the I, actually, I actually made it. Yes, I've been picking up some belated blogs on the website. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, kind of... because someone asked me about them. I was like, oh, what's, what are those things that are going up on the site? I was like, oh, yeah, it's this. And I looked up the dates for it, and it was like, oh, this ended. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it ended, and I Ben put something it. up today. What is this? <laughs> 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 I had I had written drafts of a few of them, and then I was like, "But what if I don't actually make it?" That's so fair. I kind of held off held off publishing them in case it was uh, it was going to end badly. But no, I made it, uh, and all I got was a lousy mug. <laughs> Did you ask him? Fair enough. Do you have a mug in your spaceship? No, I actually I actually got a mug sent to my office. Oh, that's yes. even better then. With 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 like a map of the galaxy on one side that shows shows the route we took, and then on the other side it says Commander Dover Eight successfully made it to Beagle Point on the thirteenth of June, thirty three oh five. That's pretty cool. The only the only problem is that now I'm all the way out there. I need to get all the way before I can really enjoy playing Elite Dangerous again. <laughs> So you're actually you've come on the podcast to bum a lift. <laughs> Basically. I wish you could bum a lift in that game. Gotta go home. Um I gotta, I gotta like pay someone to fly me home. Ben is actually that guy on the street that you see walking past that only knows one song, like wastes his wonder wall and keeps playing it over and over again. <laughs> and he's actually just hire. looking for Needs fuel money to get home. (laughs) Cool. Um, I think that's probably about us then. So the the only thing left to do is thank everyone for listening to our drivels. And if you have any complaints, questions, or comments, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. You can find us on the World Wide Webs at www.glitchfreegaming.com. Ben's got some content going up there all the time. Find us on YouTube. Kieran's putting up videos. And you can look for us on Facebook as well. Um, I don't know. Do we tweet much these days? Uh, yeah. I try to. I well, have it logged in on my phone. <laughs> Same here, but I, it, I, but I I couldn't tell you the last time I sent a tweet from my own account, never mind from the, the Glitch Free Gaming, but if you wish... Yeah. I'm you... tweeting right now. <clears throat> we, <laughs> we, we put a tweet out anytime there's a website. Yeah, right. Kieran, you should probably hook up the YouTube to do the same. Should probably do that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but so you can find us on Twitter at Glitch Free Game is our name there. So that's that. Ben, thank you for joining us once again. It was always good to have you on and uh, have a chat and catch up and see what you're up to. Always a pleasure and looking forward to playing some games this weekend. Yes, that's going to be good. Um, so we will. Food probably be back well hopefully be back next week and we can tell you all about how we got on hopefully 
Excellent. Cool. So until then, I am going to go now and probably agonize about what games to take and what games not to take. And the list will probably <laughs> change about 16 times before we goes. get there. Yeah. Yay. And then we'll play one of them. <laughs> yes, yeah. I just take the games for a, a hurl. I just go for a walk. Yeah. At least I haven't asked you to bring the big ones this Bring yeah, Rising yeah. Sun. <laughs> Next Terraforming Mars. Gloomhaven. Dinosaur Island. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with all the extra shit. Yeah. And Gloomhaven, just to be. Yep, Gloomhaven. Yep. I should play Gloomhaven at one point. You should. I do want to play all of those games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, their, their inability to move is kind of the, the issue with them. Um, yeah, I think that's us. Cool. See and now the podcast's next over. I Bye. can spoil Kingdom Hearts 3. Let's do this. <laughs> I finished that game. Let me tell you guys, they did Kyrie Dirty. I'm not going to spoke in a <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>